What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bad Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Blanche. I'm watching some hummingbirds right now outside my window. I'm taking that as a very good sign, a good omen. We're back. It's been a minute. I've been doing this like nine to five thing, you guys, and it's almost over. And it's been a really, really, really awesome learning opportunity. I think I've gained a lot of insight into something where I was lacking before, and I hope to be able to use these tools moving forward and especially put it towards the podcast, which I've missed so much. This little baby has been sitting in my computer for like the past month, and I have been just wanting to share it with the world, but myself mentally just not being in the best of places not in a bad place necessarily although if you do follow the podcast on ig you might have seen my breakdown yeah my existential crisis over on there on the stories um but you know what what i learned from that was so many people have also been going through it i think we're all still dealing with the trauma of last year and how it's kind of spilled on to 2021 and the full moon in Aquarius last week didn't really help much either. Um, well, no, it was helpful. I shouldn't say it didn't help. But if you were open to the transformation and the reimagining and all these other things, and of course, there's a motherfucking ambulance coming by. Thank you, LA. Anyway, our show today is with Jen Rath. She is the Director of Research Development at Kikoko. Kikoko is a woman-owned company. Um, They make really delicious edibles. They make really yummy THC and CBD and CBN-infused teas and honey and mints. And now they have these tablets that are super strong, and I love them so much, the X-Tabs. So yeah, I'm I'm not going to give anything away because Jen has a lot going on, especially trying to create new products in this ever-changing market and dealing with regulations. Um, She's a fellow podcaster. Yeah, she's awesome. So let's get right into it. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, What am I smoking? Oh, I smoked um, some Frosted Donuts by Mr. Clone Guy. They are based in Long Beach, California. If you guys are able to to buy some they're awesome and growing small batch cultivars and the bud is always really really nice and i really love their frosted donuts check them out and keep getting high my boo-boos this episode is brought to you by x-tabs by kikoko want to get high without smoking check out kikoko's new high dose x-tabs swallowable tablets dosed at 30 and 50 milligrams thc these Indica X-Tabs are for the experienced canosaur. They're awesome for cerebral voyaging, the ultimate chill-out, obliterating pain, and deep sleep. The tabs also contain terpenes for that full-spectrum Indica expectation. Check out Kikoko.com for X-Tab delivery using code BUDTENDER15 or to find at select dispensaries throughout California. I told myself... <sighs> I could smoke this blunt. Yeah, I could smoke this blunt by recording. 
I think that's what he wants. <laughs> um, thank you so, so, so much for being here, Jen. I'm so excited to actually finally sit and talk to you. We've been emailing for weeks. I feel like I've kind of already know you in a sense. Totally. I mean, it's hard also not to feel the same way. I've been, you know, like checking out the pod. It's awesome, super enjoyable, and it's just really fun. And I feel like your personality comes through all the way. And so super honored to be here. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Honestly, that that means the world to me. Yeah. So let's get into your history with cannabis. I would love to know your perception of the plant as a child or growing up. Did you even have a perception of it? What, what's, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So my first probably like perception of cannabis was definitely from like dare class. Yeah. And I went home like after my first dare and my mom immediately was like, Hey, I want you to know that like I smoke cannabis and I just want you to know that it's not the same as crack and whatever they're telling you in dare just scale it back a bit. And she just kind of explained to me that it like really helps her. Um, my mom had been diagnosed with manic depression and bipolar from a pretty young age and was just super heavily medicated. This was in the nineties. And so she was on like lithium, really high doses, and it was just super hard on her body. And at one point her doctors even like recommended her cannabis yeah and so this was in wisconsin late 90s wow yeah so pretty forward-thinking doctors for sure but i mean there wasn't anywhere to get it you know so and they didn't have like a recommendation for her you know right no prescription so she had to just you know kind of like find i mean it's not that nefarious right it's cannabis (laughs) but still it's still a dealer you know yeah totally and you're a mom in Wisconsin I don't I don't know what kind of challenges that would come with for her in the 90s as well yeah not safe access and she unfortunately passed away when she was only 34 oh my god I'm so sorry yeah and it's just crazy to think like what if she was able to be alive now or like what if the laws had changed then and Mm -hmm. you know she wasn't on lithium for so many years and so I at a pretty young age really just saw the value of cannabis as medicine and like the power of the plant and you know how much like her smoking out of her like metal pipe (laughs) was able to just like put her in such a better state of mind and so healing and so yeah I immediately was like, well, this is for me. Um, Sign me up. (laughs) And so probably around high school, I think I was like 15 when I smoked for the first time. And I was, you know, going to see this like Grateful Dead cover band. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. And so my girlfriend was like, you got to smoke this joint. Here we go. And, um, you know, and back then, so this was, I went to high school in Missouri and the cannabis back there was just like literal brickweed and (laughs) super swaggy and I remember like we would have to take the seeds out and you would like you know hear it go like oh my god yeah popping all over the place 
I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. And then I um, moved to California when I was like 18, um, you know, got out of the Midwest. And I remember the first time that I bought cannabis it was like twenty dollars for this like gram and i had never seen like such small amount of weed before <laughs> I was like, what is this how is this twenty dollars and then i remember i immediately took it and like went to break it up and my friend was like uh what are you doing <laughs> i was like i gotta take the seats out um, she was like uh what are you talking about <laughs> And so, yeah, it was just fast learning curve from there, you know, and I remember back in maybe like 2006, getting my first medical wreck and you had to kind of like go to Oakland to get it. And there was only a doctor who was physically there on Saturdays. And I think I paid $200. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It was so crazy. And it was like super hard whenever you'd go to a dispensary for your first time, you'd like have to go on a Saturday because I'd have to like get the verification from the doctor, but he's only there on Saturdays. And Uh. yeah, just like way before all of this instant online. And yeah, and so I would just you know, go to the dispensaries back then, you know, this was, there weren't that many. There was just like a few in Oakland. I live in the, in the Bay area now. And so just a few in Oakland, um, some Santa Cruz and like San Francisco. And so it would just be like a whole day trip where you're like, we're going to dispensaries, going to grab some edibles, you know, and just like make a whole day of it (laughs) back when, you know, we'd be dabbing off of like a skillet. Dude. (laughs) like so fucking dangerous and i remember when we were just dabbing people out at the shop oh my god totally i totally worked at a dab bar (laughs) at one point i've worked like everywhere so at one point i've definitely worked at dab bar and it was so crazy just like yeah you would serve people up dabs and you know they pay like per dab and it was just so crazy these people who never dabbed before (laughs) We had a strict rule at the Cannabis Cafe that if you, if your guest has never dabbed, they are not allowed to start at the cafe. This is not a a a great rule. Yeah, like try everything else, but concentrates, they were like, hell no. Still, people would sneak it and then, you know, they're passing out and you're like, well, what do you want me to say? He said he dabbed before. Like, I don't know how to control this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I definitely had worked a show once, um, like a, just one of the events. And I was at a booth where we were handing out dabs to people. And, you know, it, we, it was a thing where everyone was handing out either like dabs or joints or edibles. And so as you walk around, you know, you're just progressively getting more and more stoned, and oh, yeah. I, you know, and people not really realizing I mean, this was all two 15 days. So like mm-hmm. edibles were super strong and right. <laughs> we were just like to the moon. And we definitely had somebody at our booth who took way too big of a dab and then literally had to like have the ambulance come and like <laughs> make him calm down. And he was like screaming oh, at no. the top of his lungs. Yeah, it was super <laughs> sad. <laughs> it's just like, dude, and he was really young and it's just like all it is is super embarrassing for you. <laughs> Because obviously you're fine. <laughs> right. You're having a little panic attack, which is normal in this case. Um, yeah. yeah. Word. What is it? Word to the wise. Is that the saying? Yes. Word to the totally. wise. Dab in a very 
comfortable, secure place. If this is your first time, like, yeah, being out in public, you really have nothing to prove. So just stay at home, be with your friends, drink plenty of water, and don't don't call nine one one because that's just going to be a costly <laughs> bill for no it's reason. Be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely had someone like have me check their pulse before. <laughs> And I just like touched the wrist for a second and was like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> and they were probably like, oh, thank you so much. I feel so much needed, better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was that one 911 call where the guy is like, I yeah. think my wife and I are dead. Time <laughs> isn't moving or it's moving super slow. And even the dispatcher was like, bro, just like chill out. You're just yeah. really high. <laughs> just like put a movie on. Yeah. <laughs> Lay down. But that's so, I mean, it's. It's so cool that your mom had that opportunity to dabble with alternative medicine and plant medicine and then to be able to pass that information along to you. I'm someone who's just very weary of like authority to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that's so badass of her to be like, hey, you can take some of this, but take it with a grain of salt and like Mm -hmm. think for yourself and see what works for you. Totally. And I think that I was... I mean, I must have been the only kid in my class that was like, I don't know about this dare thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's they definitely get you at like a prime age where you're just like eating it up, you know? Yes. And not only that, but like I was doing a recent interview with one of my girlfriends from Texas and she was telling me how and I forgot which town exactly that she's from, but it's very much like a border town. And her dare also consisted of like gang like warnings and like really triggering like really kind of dark stuff and like drug trafficking and like very much directed towards like that demographic if that makes sense like I've never heard anything like that in those conversations that was not how my dare in Wisconsin was that's (laughs) for sure No. So that's really interesting, too, to see, like, the different shades of it, depending on where you are and who you are. Totally. I mean, and that's, like, that's a, well, yeah, it's a whole (laughs) huge problem, yeah, for sure, is our weird insistency on, like, yeah, making judgments about certain areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's so much that I want to get into, and and I'm not going to jump ahead Oh, I know what I wanted to, Yeah, where I wanted to go with it. So I, um, back in like 2009, when kind of like the city of San Jose first started like, well, they didn't have any regulations around dispensaries. So dispensaries just started like opening up. It was kind of like the Bay Area's LA, where at one point there was like 110 dispensaries and it was crazy. And um, that's when I was able to get a job bud tending at Harborside and it was like when they first opened their San Jose location and I was their first female butt tender that they brought on staff there that's so cool super cool and so yeah that was I loved butt tending I think that it is such a cool position to be in and like the amount of people that you get to help and just like show the beautiful light to you know and I mean, the amount of people who would come in who were just like scared because they genuinely never tried cannabis before um, for whatever various reason, you know, and or people who have tried everything at this point or are just like looking for something else or even just that person who, you know, like me was like, 
I'll, I'll get this $20 gram from like whoever I can find on the street, you know? And, yeah. um, it's just such a cool position to be in. And I think to be able to like share your own experience with the product and with the cannabis plant to all these people and, you know, really being able to help them help themselves. Right. I feel like that's the coolest part about bed tending is you're like this education and being able to teach people like, this is how you find what works for you. And this is how you can tell if this is something of quality or not, or, you know, and that I think is, I mean, there just isn't a position like that in cannabis right now. And I know that like, it's, as more and more dispensaries open and, you know, we've gotten much more into this like recreational space. And I think that maybe like some things have kind of fell off a little bit from like the 215 time, but I don't know. I think some places are still super doing it right. And there are people who are just like in it for all the right reasons and they're passionate. And yeah. So I just love, I love bud tending. That's another reason why I was super excited to be able to talk to you and be on your podcast. And yeah, I just think that it was like such a cool entryway into the legal market for me and into the industry and, you know, really being able to full fledged, like nerd out. I mean, I just remember my favorite thing was being able to learn like all the crossbreeds of like all the strains and really being able to find out like, well, if you like this, then you'll probably like this because genetically they're really similar. And yeah. It's the coolest. I think it's, I I agree. I think it is one of the best ways to enter the cannabis industry. It's such a blessing to be able to bestow any information that you have that is going to enhance the quality of life for someone. Um, Because that's really what you're doing as a bud tender. You're enhancing the quality of life for hundreds and hundreds of people on a daily basis. Um, you're, you're adding to their, their sense of well-being and that's beautiful. And that really is so much of the core of like the prop 215 days. And I agree with what you're saying. We've had other bud tenders on the show who are currently in that space and have expressed that there is a difference between the two markets and, and the experience and those moments where you you genuinely feel like you helped someone are fewer. I think there's enough to go around for everyone. The people who want to shop at the Apple like dispensaries, they will be there. That is clearly the future of cannabis. Those aren't going anywhere. Totally. But for the people who do need a more like handheld experience and want that one-on-one consultation, um, it's hot. It can be harder to find. I am actually really excited to know. I won't say the name yet of the company, but I do know that there is a flower company based here in LA, women-owned as well, and they will be opening a micro dispensary. And they will be doing appointment-based consultations in addition to (sighs) online delivery, curbside, all the like convenient stuff that people love today, but holding on to, you know, the spirit of, of bud tending, of true bud tending. Putting people in a position to just be able to be like open and honest and like comfortable. And I remember one of the things that was like really stuck with me from bud tending was you know, this was so back in 215. So a lot of people were like 18 and it was just a lot of these like 18 year old dudes. Yeah. Right. And 
your qualification is you're like, I like to smoke weed, you know, yeah, <laughs> which is fine at all. Right. But right. then you'll have someone coming in, you know, like a woman who is experiencing like really serious, like menopause symptoms and needs to be able to like communicate what's happening or mm-hmm. maybe somebody who's like looking to kind of increase their sex drive yeah. and, you know, someone who's having problems with that or is having like pelvic pain a lot of like personal like women issues for sure and I remember at one point I literally like printed this information on like what is menopause (laughs) (laughs) they just didn't even know and um you know I think that like the more you can just make someone comfortable and make them feel like you know they're they're being heard even if it is an 18 year old bro, you know, like you're still going to be able to get the help that you want and they still have the capacity to be like caring and yeah. Yeah. And I think that all trickles down. Like that has to really come from the top tier, I think to, to, I guess, um, influence the bud tenders, you know? Yeah, yeah. A little bit more research and, and to educate themselves. And I'm, so grateful that I was in a space where that was encouraged and we were given like books and materials and things. And so not everyone gets that, but I don't think that's necessarily the bud tender's fault. I do see on comments a lot, like on Instagram, the trolls will be like, bud tenders don't know what they're talking about. And this person sold me that. And that does happen, of course, but overall, bud tenders just want to connect with everyone and to help everyone feel good um, in whatever capacity they can. Totally. It's like if you didn't give a fuck, you know, you wouldn't go and work there. It's still hard work. It's like right. you're on your feet all day. And I mean, it's pretty intense customer service mm-hmm. work. Um, and it's you are putting all of yourself out there. And I think a lot of people don't really appreciate, like it's, it's genuinely really hard work and it's really taxing. Oh yeah. I wouldn't like want to hang out with people after a 13 hour shift. I'm not not talking to anyone. Done. Exactly. You're just like, I'm yeah. My face hurts. I'm smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, not even, yeah, I'm not even positioned to do this anymore, but I agree with you that it kind of comes from the top. I think that the training is really important. And I think that that comes in like multiple different places. So I think that the individual dispensary, like the culture that's being fostered there by right. either like the owners or the management, you know, whatever kind of system it is. And I think with recreational legalization, we saw a lot of people come in who just had like dollar signs in their eyes and, you know, people not coming from any kind of cannabis background. And so you had this like kind of weird mixture in the beginning where there's these like super businessy people who like just super didn't care and didn't even care to like know about how important cannabis is. And then you had this like other side of people who were like, you know, like the more like earthy, grassy, like cannabis people who had been in for years. And then they're up against now these like business people with all this money. And I think it made it just like really hard for people who were actually like passionate and had their hearts in the right place. Um, you know, to kind of like keep up. And then now I think that that's what we're kind of dealing with a few years later is these people who kind of survive from that, you know, a lot of those people are huge 
huge companies and had huge investment money to begin with. And, you know, not a lot of places I think come from a just like genuine place of love for the plant. Um, obviously that's not everyone. I mean, there's like all so many great, like smaller brown brands out there, but it's, it's hard, you know, for, for those smaller brands. And then I think that the other part of what makes, um, what can really affect like the bud tenders training and experience also comes from the brands too. You know, I think that the brands have a responsibility to offer education about the products. Um, you know, I think that, I guess this will be the first time that I'll kind of talk about Kikoko a little bit, but we'll come back, you know, come back to that. But I think that this is something that Kikoko as a company does really well, you know, with having brand ambassadors out there and doing bud tender trainings and just like boots on the ground, you know, this last year, obviously with COVID, it was hard, but I know that it's important for us to be like in the dispensaries and like really just having that face-to-face time and giving, you know, bud tenders kind of like the nurturing information and love that they kind of like deserve and need, you know, and it's important, I think, to know know more about what you're selling, right? And if you really believe in a product or a brand, you know, you're going to love to be able to offer it to people. And obviously, your own experience too. I mean, that's like the best part about bud tending, right? (laughs) You have to just like talk about what works for you too. Yes. Yes. And trying everything. I mean, the really great bud tenders crave that information. I worked as a brand ambassador for Kaliva, which is San Jose mm-hmm. based. Yes. Um, when I was working for them, their budget, because you said something and it reminded me of her, was their top bud tender month after month was middle-aged. It was a middle-aged woman that worked there and was phenomenal and just could really connect with everyone on many levels. Um, and, and I just always thought that was so cool and interesting because you do kind of have this stereotype of like younger bro-y dudes mm. at the shops and it's like, sure, they do great too, but don't underestimate the one that could be your mom. Don't underestimate, For sure. you know, yeah, like what older cannabis consumers have to offer. I mean, they've been doing it for a really, really long time. Totally. Um, (laughs) And honestly, we wouldn't be like where we are or have what we have without them. Right. Like so much of, I think even like the political work that was done was done by people who are older, you know, by the time we were around smoking, I mean, I had a freaking card and, you know, at least that was at this point, that was a while ago that we've been able to like legally safely access cannabis. Yeah. And it is, it's all, it's all from that older generation. I mean, you have your Dennis Perones and your Brownie Marys who was literally a grandma going around. Yes. Going around the Bay. Yes. Brownie Mary. I need a t-shirt. I need a Brownie Mary t-shirt like ASAP. Someone needs to make that. <laughs> Just at least like, a hat pin. Like, bro, at least a freaking hat pin because that woman is an icon and a lot of people aren't familiar with with her and her legacy. And there are so many older women from mm-hmm. that time.
time that were really putting themselves out there and were arrested. And so women are amazing is what we're trying to say. Yes, totally. (laughs) Which is going to lead us into Kikoko because that is a a woman-owned company. Uh, We carried them at the Cannabis Cafe. And I will say it was one of the products that did just really well across all boards. Like, whether it was a younger consumer, older consumer, male, female, non-binary, people were responding to Kikoko. They were interested in it. What can you tell our listeners about the company first? Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into your role um, as director of research uh, development. So the brand was started by two friends, Jennifer Chapin and Amanda Jones. And they had a very good friend named Jan, who was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. And she had, you know, I mean, I honestly can't even really imagine, but high pain, all of that, like, mental anguish that is around having a terminal diagnosis. And so she had gotten a cannabis card. This was two fifteen days. And she bought an edible and got way too high from it. You know, she was kind of entry level and it was, wasn't like properly dosed is likely what is going on here. Right. And so she got really, really high, really sick and had kind of came to Amanda and Jen and said like, Hey, look, there's like a real need out here for a cannabis product that's lower dose. And that has just like women's needs in mind. And so, you know, they kind of started the company started Kikoko in honor of Jan. And, you know, with this idea of women like her and I mean, just like women, everywhere. That was really what kind of got them going. And so they started with teas, you know, because they thought that that was a really enjoyable like method of consumption. And, you know, who doesn't love to, you know, sip a little tea? Yeah. The ritual, the ceremony. Exactly. The ritual. And so, you know, they worked really hard on working on teas. I think that they were like one of the first cannabis beverage companies out there. Um, so it took them a, a while to kind of like dial in the dosing and the delivery system. I mean, the whole point is just high quality USDA organic ingredients mm-hmm. and different vitamins and phytochemicals and adaptogens and, you know, really health forward in mind. Mm-hmm. And really thinking about like, what can we offer that is a daily, essentially like a supplement Mm -hmm. um, that can address systemic health issues. And so that was kind of the beginning of Kikoko. And back in 2015, they've actually been going for a while. Um, Wow. Yeah. Honestly, it's very impressive as someone who kind of like came in a little later. And so now, you know, they've certainly expanded their product line a lot beyond from the teas and have these honey sticks, which are like Manuka and Kanuka honey from New Zealand. Delicious. Um, 
I love, I love them. Obsessed. And the, we have like this really great mint line. They're called little helpers, which I just thought was super cute and fun. <laughs> and we kind of have just like a wide spectrum of products in that line. We have five different mints right now and some tinctures, which are really great, like a day and night. And all of these products are, you know, really with health in mind. I mean, beyond the product, just like the company itself, they really believe in like hiring women, lifting women up. Whenever I have like a, um, like a management call with the managers on the team, it's all women on the Zoom call. And it's wild. I mean, outside of cannabis even, you know, which we all know is like super male dominated industry. I mean, it's getting better Mm -hmm. every year, but in any job I've ever worked, I've never had only women in leadership roles. I love that's the space that you get to kind of incubate and then pull out these amazing products. I recently tried Kikoko's 50 milligram mints. Great. Uh, that's super exciting. Yeah, amazing. so that's actually something super new that we just released. I think like it hasn't even been out for a whole month yet. No, and I felt so, very special having yeah, them for sure. Good. <laughs> Thank you guys. So it's like Kikoko sub brand and it's called Kikoko X and it's for experts only <laughs> which I love love it and so yes I would love to hear about your experience oh fantastic would love to tell you about it I had such a great time I ate two because yes. I was like let's just yes. go for it let's just yes. see you know so we did a hundred and I was then inspired to create TikToks because I'm on that train now. I heard on one of your episodes that you just got a TikTok, so that's great. Yeah, so there is a living, breathing Kikoko TikTok right now. And it was amazing. I was dancing to the Beastie Boys. I got it in my mind where I was like, does Gen Z even know the Beastie Boys? Like, do they even fucking know? And then I just had to listen to them and I... Yeah, I had a great time on the Kikoko Expert. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, I have had a super fun time developing them. We put, um, you know, terpenes in there, beta-caryophylline and myrcene. And Mm. even just kind of like the process of picking the terpenes was really fun because I selfishly just looked at like terpene profiles for my favorite indica strains. Yes! (laughs) Dude, no wonder why I fucking loved it so much. Those are my favorite terpenes. Yes. Those are the, yeah, it's great. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Please continue. (laughs) Yes. And so it's just, you know, like, what do I, what do I want to feel from these, you know? And so that's how I started. And, you know, and there was some other, like, scientific thought that went into that too. Like, what terpenes will my stomach acid not destroy? You know, things like that. Um, and so that's how I landed on those two. And then we also have this like natural calming agent called L-theanine. And yeah, it's actually what's in green tea that doesn't make you get like jittery and kind of like anxious from the caffeine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of threw that in there thinking that it would well, also help with kind of just that like calming body effect, but also help with 
maybe if you take a little too many and you're not looking to have that freak out. (laughs) It makes so much sense that you're saying that to me about the calming effect, because that was exactly how I felt off of them. Like I ate the hundo knowing, okay, this could go kind of one of two ways, you know, (laughs) one of two ways of this is going to be awesome. And I'm going to be chilling and and exactly where I want to be. Or I might get a little paranoid. And I, because recently I had the Kiva Lost Farms, their gummies, which I like, but I ate more than I normally would, you know? And I did feel like a little paranoid off of it. Like I knew it was the edible, so I wasn't actually anxious, if that makes sense. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) But like that conversation never needed to happen internally when I was on the Kikoko. And I had so much more of the Kikoko. So that is just really. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I'm here for it. And they're a tablet, which is why they can be. 50 milligrams per tablet versus I mean, that's also really interesting. How do you navigate that when you're making new products? How do you navigate with all the restrictions around edibles? Yeah, there's a lot. So honestly, I am like, I probably like am opening like on the page of the regs like three times a week. And so we're super intimate (laughs) and I'm like always up on there reviewing something. And so I am, I mean, that, that goes into it a lot and, you know, I mean, and I get help too, you know, we have a like on staff compliance person who can like help out, help out with that. But yeah, a lot of it is, um, that's kind of the first step that I have to take after we have like this great idea. And then it's like, okay, can we legally do this? And honestly, most of the time it's no. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) The regs are super restrictive, but that's okay. You know, it'll get better. And I do believe that it will it will get better yeah and get less restrictive but yeah it's pretty crazy I think that I'm on the regs all the time um (laughs) but yes oh my gosh that's so great yeah that makes me so happy to hear I also so what is like the thing that happens to you when you're like I think I'm too stoned do you have like a first indicator of like okay Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, there's something, okay. So for me, there's like stimulation and like my frontal, is that it? My frontal cortex? (laughs) Totally. Like your frontal lobes. Yeah. My frontal lobes where I'm like, Oh, I don't normally have that. And then also sometimes like there's a feeling in my hands, like a tingliness. And do you get that? I super get that. Yeah. I get like a hit tingle in my hands too. And then I definitely get like kind of sweaty behind my knees. And that's when I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's when you know, cause that happens to me too. Like if I have to do any public speaking, that's like when I know I'm really nervous is like the tingle in my hands. I don't know what the fuck totally. that is, but yeah, that's my sign. <laughs> Yeah. And so I think that's super relatable. (laughs) I feel like sometimes like 25 milligram something for me will even like get me to that place where I'm like, (laughs) I'm glad I'm home right now. You know, I had this really funny experience with my sister where we were actually making a cake for our mom's birthday. We like honor her every year by making a cake together. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's it's just really fun. And, you know, and then I think like we also are like, let's get super stoned because in a way that's honoring her too. (laughs) (laughs) And so we 
took the 50s. I mean, I think she also she has a way higher tolerance than I do. So if she was taking two, I took one. And <laughs> we took made this cake that it had so many steps. It was just like one of those cakes that had so many steps and it was so dramatic like I overfilled the pans they kind of like overfilled and got onto the oven and they started smoking and then we had to like take them out too early and they fell and and then I had to put it back in the oven because they weren't done we still just went with it we were like we're still it was like a four layer cake that was frosted and then it completely like imploded (laughs) and it was just hilarious we could not stop laughing and we still had a hella good cake love that i do that i i don't bake on his birthday but on my dad's birthday i do still buy a cake and celebrate his life yes and i love and it's it's such a bittersweet day. So I love that you and your sister do it together. I love that it was just filled with a bunch of laughter because that's all that she would want for you guys anyway. Totally. You know, you and your sister do something else that's super cute. We do. So my sister and I, and then also um, one of our very good friends actually have a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Yes. It's called Slayer Lair. Check us out. It's super fun, honestly. We started it during quarantine. I guess I'm just going to learn how to make a podcast. And so... Sam. We... Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so we... I made, like, our website and... I, I love like, the edit. logo, by the way. Oh, I made it. I was like, I want this on a fucking thank beanie you. ASAP. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Yes. That actually means a lot. We have a girlfriend who is a graphic designer who's kind of, like, on the side making us a new logo <gasps> that is way more professional. Okay. So okay. We're excited to kind of drop that and... um my fiance has been making me this like sound board to go where I can like push buttons and like like yeah. sounds like happen because <laughs> I don't know how many of you remember Bobby but there's a lot of kick sounds there's a lot of sound effects yes it's amazing oh girl I rewatched it over quarantine for sure honestly it really holds up and I yeah I love it I think that we have taken a little bit of a hiatus and we're trying to like kind of wrap our heads around how we want to talk about the Joss Whedon fucked up Mm. situation and we just really want to be able to address that and honor that and you know I think that we didn't talk about that at all in the first season and but yeah it's a great a great medium um and we yeah we just kind of get to talk about how silly some of the episodes are but then also how really great they are and She's super powerful. And I think that you were right. Um, you would call her a superhero. Yes. Totally yeah. agree. Buffy's my favorite superhero for sure, because that is exactly what she is. She's yes. constantly saving the day. The she show- has hella power. She's so powerful. Like if I had Buffy <laughs> powers, I would be unstoppable. Exactly. So we actually thought of the idea when we were at this like Buffy drag show that yeah there's this really great club in San Francisco called the Oasis and they would do like a yearly Buffy show and hopefully we'll be able to go back again this year you know they weren't really doing it last year but yeah and it was just kind of bred from there where we were like do we all love Buffy we need to be like honoring 
how amazing she is. Incredible. And the show was so, like, revolutionary in so many ways. I mean, they made Willow a lesbian. Yes. They, you know what I mean? Like, so they were constantly pushing the envelope, I felt. And then they also had incredible fashion. Like, just to go back oh and relive. Oh, my God. So that's one of the yeah. things we talk about all the time. <laughs> Dude. We actually, on our last episode, did a, like, favorite Buffy outfit from the season. Because <laughs> it's just so, her outfits, I mean, everyone's outfits, but Buffy's outfits every time even when she's like sleeping even when she's like yeah supposed to be like grungy kind of like whatever Buffy like when she was living when she moves back to LA do you remember she leaves totally she was waitressing and she was like living in like a little studio and like still looked fabulous yes just looks amazing yeah (laughs) love her it's so funny I have like the perfect guest for you for that show Yes. Oh my God, please. <laughs> so I have a friend who is actually a drag queen. And <gasps> she, yes, she goes by hybrid. Oh my God, yes. Oh, that's we, amazing. That was, it was during that conversation that I realized, oh, this person knows every single thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Girl. Oh, she would be God. like, well, do you remember season two, episode 13 when Xander said, I'm like, what? No. You got to give me more. You can't just say a season and an episode number and expect me to know what's going on. Like, is it the one where everybody was an alternate ego? Like, I don't know. Like, totally. Yeah. You need to tell me more, more than that. <laughs> yeah. Just has so many nuggets. I'm I'm putting you guys in touch. Yes, I, it's please. A must. That would be amazing. Please. Yeah. Make yeah. the intro. <laughs> so funny. I love it. I love Buffy. Um... And I love anybody else who loves Buffy as much as I do. But now this is the thing, though, and I'm curious to know your opinion, your feelings about Dawn, her little sister. I mean, I guess I can't. I think that there was a disservice to the character a little bit, you know, and but I don't know. I don't I don't really hate on hate on her, you know. I think that she was a really good, like, annoying little sister. Right. <laughs> she just, like, fit that perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe they could have, like, flushed out more than her just, like, appearing. <laughs> what was that? That was crazy. <laughs> uh, that's when, like, even this time when I rewatched, once Dawn starts, like, getting more airtime, that's when I, like, peace out, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's like, I like Michelle Trat. Trechenberg, I forgot how you pronounce her name. Totally, I don't know either, Uh, yeah. But she was, what's her face? The spy, what was her name? Oh, it was from when we were little. She played it and then she was in a movie. Oh, I can hear my cousin screaming at the freaking phone right now saying it and I don't know. Um, (laughs) But, oh, you're Googling. I'm Googling. Yes! See, that's you're you're the real chemist and scientist here between the two. <laughs> it's important to know and honestly, I that would totally drive me crazy. <laughs> like, what was it? It's like I want to say it before. I want to be faster than the computer. I want to remember before the computer tells you, but I can already see. Honestly, you might because it doesn't even come up oh. on like the first <laughs> things that come up. 
That's um, pretty rude. I mean, that was like apparently a- she was like Penny in the movie version of Inspector Gadget, which like I totally forgot existed. And like <laughs> maybe I need to revisit that. Oh yeah, who was Inspector Gadget? That's so funny. I don't even remember. I immediately was like, is it Mr. Bean? Because it was like <laughs> right in that time period, but no, it wasn't. Yeah, like, um, no. Um, Anyways, I, I don't know. I'm not going to find it. It's way down here. I can't. Poor girl. They really disserviced her. That's so funny. Well, that was the thing. She almost played it too well, the annoying little sister. So it's like. She, <laughs> do you have siblings? I do have siblings. I'm actually, okay. yes, I do have two younger okay. sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, And if I'm being like totally honest, Frankly, I think I was just jealous. I was just jealous that I wasn't playing Buffy's little sister. Let's be real. I mean, that's super fair, though. She came out of nowhere and you're like, where was my casting call? Harriet the Spy. <gasps> Harriet the Spy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Um, so funny. Such a great time. <laughs> so Yeah, I know. What, what a world. Uh, it feels like a fucking a lifetime ago, but it you really know, it's sad to think. About. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that you can teach the Gen Z years on TikTok. Yes, we honestly should I just make a TikTok about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <gasps> that would be dope. Fuck. Yes. I think you just gave me more work, but the good kind. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely enough there. <laughs> um, okay, let's get back to cannabis. Okay, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about the about the tablets. Yeah. I want to yeah, so our Kikoko X. Um, the X by Kikoko. Yeah. It was actually really funny because the um Amanda and Jen were definitely both like, is that an okay name? And I was like, uh yeah, it is. We should just lean into it. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so you know, Kikoko as a brand, I think really like services that newbie in the cannabis space, you Mm -hmm. know, and a safe, consistent quality product for somebody who is, you know, looking to kind of like entry level or honestly, just somebody who doesn't have the super high tolerance, you know, even if you're smoking and you're just like not used to edibles, it's pretty crazily different. (laughs) And, you know, I was kind of thinking a lot about how, even though you know, there are a lot of women in my life who are high, super high tolerance. Mm-hmm. My sister is one of them. You know, she used to always eat like this 240 milligram chocolate bar oh back in the day. And that was like her dose. <laughs> so <laughs> now there's like nothing out there for her unless she's like, I'm eating packs of edibles, you know? And then I actually had a friend who had a uh, breast cancer diagnosis and wasn't really able to smoke because of the surgery she was going to be having. And she was literally just like eating RSO and Uh, the Rick Simpson oil, Um, Rick Simpson oil. Yes. Eating Rick Simpson oil, which is super gross, like not even on a cracker, you know, just like, yeah, no, it's like pure. It looks like tar honestly like it's not pleasant no Mm -mm. yeah and so you know I had given her some of our like mints before but they're five milligrams you know and to really have an effect on any of the like really intense symptoms she was having and so you know I was just thinking like there's got to be a way you know there's got to be a way that I can also 
honor these other women mm. as well. I mean, it's also, it's not like you can't take Kikoko if you're a man. It's just that, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of product developers, I think, out there thinking, like, what do women want? And like, what is it that they're looking for? And like, what's important to them? And yeah, and so that was kind of where my, where I really wanted to kind of go into this higher dose realm and just really wanting to be able to take something that I can feel comfortable with. And again, knowing that it's high quality ingredients, like you were even saying something that's not going to make me freak out. Mm -hmm. I've been giving them to my um, fiance's mom. She's like recently retired and she loves to like clip CVS coupons stop that's the cutest thing I've ever fucking heard yeah like a few months ago she was like the number three CVS like saver my mama the coupon queen (laughs) it's amazing and so she loves to just like have some edibles and hang out and do her thing she has like a little binder like it's amazing I want to hang out with her she's super cool (laughs) and so yeah she would like smoke a little joint but you know honestly she's really been trying to like she used to smoke cigarettes and she hasn't for over a year I think even over two years now and she's been been trying to cut back on smoking in general Mm -hmm. and especially with COVID going on just really trying to cut back and she was just finding that yeah she's eating packs a pack of gummies and it's like I think I mean honestly, let's get real. There aren't that many out there that taste super great mm-hmm. even now. And so, yeah. you know, you're like chewing down your, your medicine is almost what it feels like still. And so that was, um, kind of like really the realm of thinking of like, well, how can, yeah, how can Kikoko also scoop up and help out, you know, these people too. And I actually had a really cool opportunity where I, on 420, went and hung out at Dolores Park in San Francisco and was able to kind of like share some of the tabs with, you know, some of the people who I was hanging out with or directly around, you know, and it was just really cool how many people were you know, like, oh, Kikoko, I've had your tea. I really like it. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, immediately I'm like, okay, they've had the tea this is a higher dose, you know, but it's 420, everyone's down. And so many people True. like you are like, oh, can I have two? <laughs> it's like, yes, hell yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm so happy that you guys are catering to this um, other consumer because it, it just gives me more reasons to buy Kikoko, frankly. Like, totally. I already love the teas. I already love the honey. It, it would come with a more intentional um, purchase because let's say I want to get your CBN products to help me sleep or your CBD honey for like mm-hmm. my sciatica or whatever. Yes. Um, and now I get to add on just the fun times with yes. it provided, you know, by Kikoko. And I love supporting a woman owned brand, of course. Yes, absolutely. It's hard to say no, you know. No, there's literally nothing to say no to. You guys literally don't even put the string in your teas. If I'm not mistaken, you used to not put the strings on your tea bags because 
you would believe that would have to be bleached and you didn't want anything that was bleached. Yeah. Our tea bags are fully compostable. Mm -hmm. And so your tea bag can go directly in your compost. You know, there's an issue where a lot of tea bags actually are, have like microplastics in them. Mm. And so that leaches into your own water, gets into your tea, gets into your body. And then also, you know, you throw that away, gets into the garbage, you know, and there's a huge issue with microplastics getting into the ocean and our water systems. And so, yeah, that's actually really important to us is, um, how can we as a brand, you know, take responsibility for our impact and footprint on the earth and sustainability is really important to us. And so, yeah, the tea bags are fully compostable. The tins, um, are recyclable. Also, even the pouches that our teas come in are, um, recyclable the pouches that the honey sticks come in are actually completely compostable Ooh. yeah it's really cool so that's it, it's hard though because you know there aren't really a lot of solutions for child resistant packaging mm. that it's one of the things that always really bothered me even from back in bud tending like how much waste mm-hmm. the industry was creating and think about like the roots of the roots of our industry and you know these weren't people who didn't care how they impacted the earth Mm -hmm. you know I think that if you really respect and love the plant then you also respect and love the earth right and right and they go hand in hand for it to now turn into this like I mean it's just like a wasteland of one use plastics now and Mm -hmm. I mean, and we know, I think as much as everyone else, it's painful and it's hard to really like stick to a recyclable, sustainable model. I think it got a lot harder this last year with COVID because of issues in the supply chain. And yeah, so it's, it's certainly hard and it's expensive and you have to decide like, this is important enough to us that it's going to affect our bottom line. Like we're not going to be the reason why more plastic is added to the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. There are certain companies that have taken this approach and they've taken it Mm -hmm. seriously. And it's really just like a handful of you guys. Um, But it's kind of like a beacon of light in this very tumultuous time because it's like laws are still being made things are still Mm -hmm. being adjusted so I think to show those people who make the rules who aren't necessarily thinking about long-term effects that you know you guys are doing it there's other people doing it. like there's a way to make this where it's almost a hundred percent recyclable or or biodegradable but we need you to be on board and we need you to get these regulations in order where they make sense. And we're, yeah, (laughs) we went from like recycling glass jars for strains every single day to like you said, now there's just, it's a literal wasteland of like joint tubes and packaging and all that nonsense. Yes. It's wild. And then even like the amount of even just those like plastic pouches and, you know, like I've seen that more places are starting, well, uh, some places I've seen yeah. a few <laughs> of these pouches that are made with like um, a compostable or a biodegradable plant starch material. But even in those cases, the kind of like Ziploc part that zips it closed 
that is made of plastic. And so, you know, we still haven't really, I think really found a solution there, but yeah, I think that the brands who are taking sustainability like seriously Mm -hmm. and holding it as a pillar um, of their brand. No, I think that we all just need to stick together and stay strong. And I do agree with you that I think that the regs will hopefully kind of swain that favor, you know, I'm hoping California, you know, should be setting an example. And this is a, an area where we have a huge opportunity mm-hmm. to show other states that like, we can, we can do it better and set that example. I agree 100%. How would you describe your relationship with the plant today? Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly has changed over the years. Um, You know, I think that I went through plenty of phases of just like being stoned all the time and, you know, and just (laughs) being like really pretty heavily medicated in certain times, you know, and I think especially during COVID, it has been a great form of like self-medication and being able to kind of calm myself down and, you know, being relaxed and, but yes, so my relationship to the plant, I still like to, you know, have a few outdoor plants growing every season. Yeah, totally. This season we didn't get any, we were just super Honestly, we were just busy and it came up upon us, but it's still early enough that I think that we'll probably try to get some teens out there. And Ooh. so I like, I love growing. I think that that's a really great way to like really learn about the plant and honestly, just to kind of be able to appreciate too, like how hard that is mm. and to like produce something of quality and, but just that experience of being able to kind of like create something and then ingest it yourself and like get to kind of like have that whole full circle experience is just priceless um and now it's actually kind of crazy because at Kikoko I get to do that on such a large scale and so when I like develop a new product and it just kind of like starts in my head and kind of you know, go through some several iterations. And then when Mm -hmm. I land on something and literally physically make it and then be able to kind of like myself ingest it and experience, you know, the effects and then get to share that with people and hear their own stories. And yeah, it's been so great. And honestly, I think that cannabis is still in my own life, like connecting me to people Mm. and like bringing me closer to people. I still love that like social part of cannabis and passing the joint and you know that's I I I just hope that that never goes away I don't think that it will I don't think that it will either I don't think COVID can even stop that like communal bond of of passing a joint that I mean that has to just be mind-blowing to have this idea watch it come to life and then see other people interact with it on such a large scale like you're doing for this company I mean you must feel elated when you get that positive feedback yeah I I absolutely do and honestly even feedback that's not always positive is still great too and helpful because it's like how can I 
makes this better? Or like, what about that person's experience made it different? Yeah, it's, it's, it is really crazy. I mean, I do, I truly am, you know, living the dream. I know that that's the thing I feel like we always say in the industry, <laughs> like live in the dream. And I feel like it's a thing we kind of say like sarcastically, you know, like For on sure. those hard, hard days <laughs> and you're like, live it the fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I say that with like no hint of sarcasm <laughs> behind it and I think that it's been it's been such a wild ride and to have like just had so many different experiences you know worked 15 hour trimming shifts in like a freezing cold shed and like you know done vending where you're like going into all these different dispensaries trying to talk to buyers and I mean there's just every part of the industry is so different in its own way. And I think that there's like so much potential for growth in like each of those individual areas, but be able to kind of look back and see like where I am now and like really that entire journey and where it took me and how it took me here. And, you know, being able to be in this women owned and women led company. And I think that both Amanda and Jen have been like super instrumental to like my own success and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to just be confident in myself and believe in myself and like take the risks and try things and maybe they don't work. And I think that they've put a lot of their like trust behind me. And I definitely don't take that lightly Mm because I've been in many, many situations and sat in many rooms where I raise my hand and you know, don't get to have a say, or maybe I do have a say, but it just doesn't get heard, you know, for whatever reason. And I think that being able to be in a place where I do have a voice is like, there's just like not really anything else like it. It's amazing. I mean, is there any job in the cannabis industry that you haven't done? I mean, you yeah, you grow, you've trimmed, you've bud tended, you're creating products. I mean, you're just you're I a used Jill to of all trades. And like, I remember, you know, like being in the back room and like breaking down, you know, like ounces of shatter into like little gram baggies. Yeah, that was always super fun, though. I remember I, we need to have like a bun tender Olympics. So this was a thing <gasps> that I really wanted to do way back in the day where it's like, we need to have these Olympics where it's like identifying strains, right by like spell and taste, um, like a joint rolling competition, yes. like speed, and then also quality. And then, um, you know, like just different types of like, yeah, either like just breaking like, down some shatter or yeah. something. Or, yeah, just like fun I've activities. Yeah, yes. celebrate, have fun. Oh my yes. god, I want to host them if you do that. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and just like give people a chance to show off because it totally is like it truly is a trade. Yes, know? and I think like really honoring that, and the butt tenders are in a position of you know, where they can get like taken advantage a lot. I even remember sometimes being a thing where, I mean, I'm sure that this still happens now where a buyer um, will interact with, you know, a brand or a vendor and they'll get like all these samples that are supposed to go to the butt tenders. And then they just like never make it. Oh yeah. I could name names right now. I won't, (laughs) I won't do it, but I can name buyers names that none that I've worked with, but people that I know of, what are you doing with all those fucking samples? 
What are you going to totally. do with that? Is it like just sitting in your house or you giving them to your friends? Right. You know, and it's just like, how are you helping at all? You're not. You know, you're not helping the dispensary. Right. You're not helping the brand. <laughs> you know, it's like you're literally only helping yourself. Literally um, so selfish. Yes. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility, buyers. Yes. Don't get totally. Don't get fucking greedy. Yes, you totally get enough. And honestly, if you just asked for like four more or whatever, <laughs> just get as extra and keep those for yourself. Right. I mean, I think that the aware and like good enough brands know and appreciate that like butt tenders need to try their products. Yes. You know, and like that's it's important. It helps you. I mean, in the monetary way, obviously it like helps you get sales, but I think it's just, it, it's important to kind of let people try what you're now going out there asking them to go and sell, you know, and someone who cares enough about their job, isn't going to recommend something to somebody that they haven't tried. It doesn't happen unless whatever that person is asking for, I know based on other people's experience with a strain or a product that they will get those results. Sure. But otherwise, absolutely not. I'm recommending what I know, what I've tried. Yes. Or unless it's something I know I wouldn't like, you know, like (laughs) I, I recommend that for you. Right. Exactly. Love that for me. Love that for you, babe. I'm not doing it, but that's great. (laughs) So speaking of that's a perfect segue into our next segment, the re-up. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Hey, cool. Okay. And then you just tell me uh, your favorite word for cannabis. Buds. Bud. <laughs> okay. I love it. Your favorite stoner movie. Hmm. Like movie about stoners or movie that I like to watch when I am stoned. Ooh. Why don't we get one for each if they're different? Okay, cool. So movie to watch when I am stoned, Clueless. <laughs> love it. And then stoner movie Half Baked. Ugh, so good. Such a classic, yeah. So good. Even Ramen Hood Men in Tights, which I think was one of his like first movies. Oh my god, I have to watch um, that. So good, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> He's a genius. Like Chappelle Show was fucking. It was so ahead of its time too. I rewatched it over quarantine. I was like, wow, he was just spinning facts this entire time. Totally. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, so good. Such a, I can't even count the amount of times I've seen Chappelle show <laughs> seasons. So good. Um, your favorite music to listen to when, you, when you're stoned? So I'm like super obsessed with Portugal the Man. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, they're like totally my my. Th- thing for these past few years I think I've seen them like eight times live I'm like (laughs) super obsessed with them so yeah I would say that either Portugal the Man or Pink Floyd nice classic your dopest smoke session thus far oh my gosh well back in the days like even before 215 we well before dispensaries on 420 we would smoke like an ounce blunt (laughs) yeah and it was this whole thing where there would be like 20 people in the room 
passing the splint around and it would get so, and we'd have it in the room, right? Cause it's like, you have to have everything closed up so you can hot box yeah. it. And it would get so brutal that you couldn't like see and your eyes would start to burn from all the smoke. And then the people who like knew what was up had like goggles <laughs> so they like wouldn't have to leave the room and would get to keep hitting the blunt. So yeah, I'm not sure if anything will ever pass it. I must've been like 19 or 20. That's so good. That's amazing. I miss those. I miss those hot like those those smoke sessions when you're that age and just like trying to get as ripped as possible yes there's no way I could ever do that now I would take like a hit from an ounce blunt be like (laughs) (laughs) most important question angel or spike okay I'm an angel (laughs) I love angel I think he's super hot with his like brooding like oversized leather jackets and his like deep v's I can't get enough but my sister is totally a spike listen I love angel I watched the angel spinoff like yes which honestly is a good show it's a great show (laughs) great show um but but I have to say overall I am a spike girl I do I like the bad boy I like the accent I like all of it totally he um, does have like a pretty cool look yeah yeah did you happen to see angel's dick pic that came out recently i'm sorry if that's so um, inappropriate it's not inappropriate <laughs> and i'm gonna like immediately look that up <laughs> as soon as guess who told me end. guess who told me about it oh my god hybrid hybrid of course hybrid knows exactly what's going on um yes, that's amazing. <laughs> it's worth it's worth the google it's worth okay. the google yeah oh my god yes david boreanis hottie all right Z- <laughs> the only thing that rhymes with that is anus and i don't want to take, i didn't want to take it there so <laughs> although it's funny you say that because i do think it was he was messaging uh a male Oh, yeah. Okay. Just just a little uh, the more, you know, for the day. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Something I can't um, something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you've been amazing. Now we'll just move into call your plug, which is your moment to plug anything that you're working on or whatever um, handles you want the people to follow. Go for it. Okay, cool. So I definitely want to call out, you know, some of our new Kikoko products to try. Definitely find our Buzz Mint little helpers. They're these like really great watermelon basil mints that are five milligrams um, a mint and they have daily dose of vitamin D. Totally obsessed with those. And then coming soon will be our full launch of our boost mints, which are the THCV THC mints. And super excited about those. I think we're going to be like one of the earlier brands bringing THCV to your tummy. Yes. <laughs> and then of course, all of our high dose X by Key Cocoa. I mean, just go out there, find it. It's super fun. I've, it, every time I have the time where I'm like, mm, what am I doing right now? Time to take a tablet. And so yeah. <laughs> I love And then I guess I would say for myself, you know, check out the Slayer Layer pod. It's, you know, Slayer and then Layer, like L-A-I-R. And our website, slayerlayerpod.com. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes. And that's all I have. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. I'm so happy to hear that. So did I. Yeah, it was really great. And honestly, I can't even, I can't gush enough. You're super cool and rad. And (laughs) well, right back at you, babe, because I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it's so dope what you're doing. I think Kikoko's fucking fantastic. You guys definitely, definitely check out all their products. They're such a great yes. variety. The ingredients are amazing. Organic, fair trade. You can feel good about making this purchase. Any any last words for the peeps? I mean, I can't really think of anything. Um, yeah. I don't want to say anything lame, so I'm not going to say <laughs> Bro, that's epic. She's like, nah, we're good. <laughs> All right. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. 